Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast and get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. Robots Radio presents... The Cyberpunk Lorecast. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. All right, cyberpunks, welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, as usual. And this week, I have a very different episode for you. On the show this week, I have our first official guest to the Cyberpunk Lorecast to talk about some newly revealed information and some things that they dug up on the new videos that came out recently. I have a host, the captain of the Keelhauled podcast ship. Captain Logan. Captain Logan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And welcome, Cyberpunks. Yeah, welcome, Cyberpunks. Captain Logan and I uh, met because of this podcast. He, he reached out to me and lo and behold, I found out that he was also a podcaster and a you know host of his own show and somebody who is very plugged into the video game world and a lover of cyberpunk and i checked out his show and i thought it was so awesome that i invited him to join me on the robots radio network so he's actually our newest show on the network as well it's a podcast about sea of thieves so welcome to the network and also to the show thank you thank you big fan it's it's been uh, a, a real pleasure to be able to listen to the cyberpunk lore crap or lore cast show lore, lore crap the cy- cyberpunk lore no crap. no <laughs> it's the lore cast and lore, i love it cyberpunk lore i won't cast. let anyone say anything bad about it <laughs> oh no. man I, I should as like a um if i release an episode on like the first of april some year i have to change it to the cyberpunk <laughs> lore crap <laughs> see if anybody notices <laughs> Uh, they'll they'll go back and be like, oh, he's he even said he was going to do this forever ago. Why didn't we see this coming? Ah, we saw it. It's like pandas in World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so we've been nerding out about Night City Wire, which came up a few days ago. It was streamed on the internet, and everybody and their mom watched it, and we got a whole bunch of new information about the what is the dream? Uh, what's it called? Dream Brain Dance. Brain Dance. Brain Dance. I was like Brain yeah. Dream Brain Dance. The Brain Dance stuff and being able to like move fast forward and back up and look at different frequencies and all that kind of stuff. We saw some other gameplay nuggets, some changes on some things that we had hadn't previously seen before or had previously seen before, but that are a little bit different. Now we got a little bit more insight into some of the characters and some of the personality in the game, which is a little bit less grim dark than some of the previous stuff that we've seen. 
And on top of all of that, the NDA was lifted for a bunch of people who, you know, game journalists and whatnot, who have had the chance to play the early build of the game. So everybody is talking about this. It is everywhere. You can go find content about all these different people's perspectives of what they played. And Captain Logan and I didn't get an early copy of the game, but but the captain here has been playing detective. He's been cyber sleuthing into He's uh you're, you've been net running basically <laughs> into their uh, mainframes and uh, you've kind of come up with some, I don't know, some information that you've consolidated on all the stuff that you've looked at. T- tell me about oh, what you've been doing, man. I, I jacked in and I went deep. I went deep into the net to find this stuff. I've been scouring over every single inch of these videos. I found tons and tons. I've been staring at UI for the screens from these videos, just trying to take notes down on what the interface is, what the different quest names are, the different locations. You know the hex code of every font in the game at this point. Yes, and I'm going to (laughs) abuse that uh, to, to the best of my ability, which will probably be zero, but I'm okay with that. Because at least I have that hex code. <laughs> You're so, the keeper of every little detail. All right. So, yeah. so what, what got you what got you into this deep dive? What made you so curious to dive in? Well, I, I you know, we didn't like you mentioned, we didn't get copies of the actual game to be able to stream to play. And that was a that was a bummer. But knowing how big of a fan you are, you and I are for this, I thought like there there has to be a ton of information that is being shown in these videos that people aren't paying attention to. And it's one of my favorite things to go through videos and just scrub, you know, second by second, you know, frame by frame to try and dig out little little tidbits of information and try and piece those together. So I feel like based on all the video and content that we got that I was able to kind of piece together what I think is going to be the prologue. And I listened to some videos that were from some of the other uh, uh, reporters out there who got hands on and what they said kind of correlates to what I was able to kind of work out. Uh, so I'm really I'm really excited to kind of share with you and, and, and the listeners a little bit about what I think our opening prologue is, because one of the interesting things that we found out because of this Nightwire video was the devs actually said that this was just the prologue for the game that we're seeing. And everyone's yeah. minds was blown because they're like, no, there's there's a lot going on. There's tons of different locations. What are you telling me that they were brain danced? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were so surprised. And I was too, because it looked like a lot of stuff, but I think I've kind of worked out how our first experiences in Night City are going to to take place. So uh, I don't know if you want to dive into some of uh, what we kind of got as far as like the different takeaways and stuff, or if you just want to dive straight into that first. Yeah. Why don't we why don't we dive into this? And I'm going to preface it with the concept that I think uh, most of you probably have noticed by now, but it needs to be stated that um, at the beginning of the game, you, of course, have your character customization. And we've learned that there's tons, absolutely tons, all the way down to, you know, individual types of genitalia that you can customize your character. But you also choose their life path. That's what it's called, right? Life path. Mm-hmm. And that was either as a nomad, a corporate or a street kid. kid. Was that what? Yep. Street kid. That's the way they phrased it. And depending on the life path that you choose, you well, the game will actually play out very differently because it changes the prologue. It also changes some of the options you have in the game for the rest of the game. And of course, once you're into the game, then it kind of plays out however you decide to play through it. Um, but it, it's very much 
a role playing kind of way to take on your character beyond just a character class. Yeah, you really get an opportunity to decide kind of what background you want before you jump into this. And it's it's interesting because from some of the reactions uh, that I've seen out there, a lot of different people uh, chose of the three paths, different ones, and they all kind of lead to a certain bottleneck. Uh, but the way that you get there seems to really change just your relationship with uh, Jackie, who I think is going to be one of the main people that you're going to be spending a lot of time with in the game, uh, at least from what I can tell. So but you're saying that three playthroughs is not even going to be enough, that we're going to have to play through each of the life paths and make different choices in order to see what those things, how that plays out and how that affects things. Yeah, and, I, and I'm really hoping that's the case because just based off of the different type of like player that you want to play as, whether you want to focus more on being a net runner uh, or or if you want to be a nomad, like having that that variance in there, plus you know the different choices that you make, it, it seems like it's going to be really really fun to kind of try out different different paths that you take kind of similar to um the way it works with uh outer worlds or, or fallout where you know your, your choices impact much further along and that there can be a, a a a huge plethora of different endings just from the decisions you make uh, on top of where you begin yeah and uh, as somebody who's also very familiar with fallout you know i do the fallout orchestra as well there you know each of the games has a number of various ways of playing through it and different endings and things. The sense I'm getting so far is that this is even more diverse than say a game like Fallout 4. Um yeah. do you get the same feeling? Yeah, it feels deep. It feels really really deep and not even just the the sense that you're going to have a lot of opportunity to make different decisions as you play through but they're going to encourage you to do that as well. Um and just the fact that they, they stated with this that Night City is going to have six unique districts with a seventh one being the Badlands outside of the city. And knowing that just on the initial four hour preview that the that the uh, news pundits got, that they were able to choose three of those. It really makes me wonder if all six of those uh, different districts are going to be made available to you right away or if they're going to try and uh, cordon off certain areas. Uh, that are either higher or lower levels, depending on how further along you are in the story. So I, I kind of hope that they open up all of the districts and allow you to scale up with the enemies that you're going to be taking on as you progress through the the different areas instead of uh, sectioning off different parts so that you don't see those until like maybe later on in the game. Yeah, yeah. They got kind of like um, something like uh, Grand Theft Auto. Or even the mm -hmm. Witcher, like you don't actually go into another zone until you've passed a certain quest threshold. Um, yeah. Or, or the other option is that it's something like, I mean, I guess there's three options. There's you can't go anywhere until you're past a certain quest threshold or the you can go anywhere you want and the world scales up with you, which is I don't think is the way this works, at least from what I've seen. Or yeah. there's the option of something like um, Fallout 4. Where like if you go in the wrong place too early, things are going to be way above your level, you know, like good luck. <laughs> like, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, that holy crap, fun. the augments on these guys are nuts. There's no way I'm going to take them out. 
Um, just run into some really, really big cyborgs and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe I don't need to be here right now. I think I'm just going to go find a bar somewhere and chill out for a little bit. I'll be okay. You, you do you, you do you. I'm not judging your life choices. I'm sorry. <laughs> wrong, wrong door. I'll just go back out the way I came. Uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I really hope there's a story point where you walk into a, a, a big building and there's just a bunch of uh, Maelstrom guys staring at you and you're like, Sorry, this was the wrong. I'm going to go down to the next door. I think <laughs> is this the bathroom? This isn't the bathroom. I'm sorry. I'm bathroom. sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. I thought this was the bathroom. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. The So the from what I can understand, um, the the way that it was presented to us from some of the, the reactions was that there there are the three paths. And I think the overarching prologue is to do with this uh biochip that dex has you go out to uh and and the way you get to dex is through jackie so when you start off uh what i did was i was kind of kind of making note of the different places that are in the video uh that, that we got to see so depending on where you start you're either going to be on the street level uh with the gangs and stuff or you're going to be in the corporation uh building which i believe is let me see if i can find it uh Konpeki Plaza or the mm-hmm. Arasaka office. It is Arasaka. So, yeah. 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 So the, the Arasaka, uh, uh, maintain this building and it's, it's a big corporate building. So you're, you're starting off in there and you're part of the corpo, uh, which is going to give you a lot of access to weapons, money, vehicles, things like that, that will help kind of push you along. And if you're part of the street, then you're going to be, you know, dealing with uh, Lizzie's bar and and heading over to the Mox gang and trying to to uncover more information about uh, this this biochip. And and then you've got the nomads where you're going to be trying to get into the into Night City from the Badlands, and you're going to be in a in a garage uh, dealing with a sheriff who's kind of wondering what you're doing, and it's going to involve you uh, trying to boot up these telecommunication telecommunications towers to hopefully get you access. Uh, Very so you cool. Get into Night City. Um, yeah, that's that, that's a really cool rundown. Hey, can I can I pause and ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Which one are you going to do first? I feel like I kind of have to go Street Gang. I feel yeah. like I kind of have to yeah. go with the the street kid. It's 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 the cyberpunk thing to do, right? I mean, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. The, yeah. the nomad sounds cool, but I, I kind of wanted to get into the city right away. I want to see the city. And right. Right. I, I don't so know. I, what about I pose you? this question. So I pose this question. I so uh side side note, all hmm. of the information there well, as much of the information as we know of for the most part has been consolidated on a post on reddit and then that information i turned into a video on the robots radio youtube channel where i just read through the bullet points i was just like this needs to get out there if everyone wants to doesn't want to have to read just listen to the video here you go and on that video i posed the same question i was like which which start do you would you do the first the first response i got was corporate which i thought was really interesting because to me that seems huh. the least interesting yeah like, i'm with you either the street or the nomads because they're both rough they're both out there they're both like one of them's a little bit more um i don't know cyberpunky it's a little bit more uh, uh blade runner you know yeah yeah exactly like that's what i'm that's what i'm going and then for. the other one's a little bit more mad max yes and i'm like ah oh, those are both cool and then this other person but they made a good point they said corporate because they have access to all the gear yeah. right all the gear all the nice stuff. And then, and this is their last point, cool suits. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it cool. is like once you yeah. start thinking about the, like, because 
we all know the way the way things look is very important in cyberpunk like you dressed up in a cool cool tight looking suit being all like business like that's pretty cool too they do look clean and i do love i do really do love that that kind of kind of uh i I just blanked on what it's called but the the really clean aesthetic um Mm -hmm. modern aesthetic i really love that look but something i don't know and it's so contrasting to like the dirty nomad kind of thing or the dirty street thing it's a really neat contrast but they're both cool in their own way I really love all of them now that you mention it because I do love that clean, Chris, like hardcore corporate right. aesthetic, right? All the like cool weapons and the vehicles. Yeah. Well, it's almost like uh, a John Wick thing, you know. It's almost like a like a mm. you kick the guy's butt and you get some blood on you, and then you straighten your tie and fix your yes. jacket and walk into the <laughs> next room, you know, like brush your hair back a little bit, and then you're ready for the next meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. It really does. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like because I'm a huge Mad Max fan, too. And I and I really love the idea of being out there in the Badlands and seeing just like the, the people who are willing to live on the edges of society and how they pull things together and make things work. I feel like that's that's a really good backstory for you. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you, you grew up with nothing and you're trying to get to the city. And the only way you can do it is if you can try and force your way through the the security guards and try and forge your way into the city. It's like a, a, a great kind of start at the bottom level and work your way up to to getting these really awesome weapons that, you know, you've you've earned your reputation with the with the Ripper doctors and the different gangs out there. And they're giving you access to all these guns and you know, when you look back at it, you're like, you know, I started out in the dirt in a garage with nothing but a really junk car. Now I've got all of this in respect. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. And life it's, it's still a- sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, everything is still just rough and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I did a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, but yeah, so you've got these different options. And one of the things that I, I kind of pieced together as I was looking through these videos is uh, eventually you will have to get to a point where you get your first job. And this was something that they they kind of talked about a couple of years ago. I think it was the 2018 video where you meet up with Jackie and Jackie's the one that gets you your first job with Dex. Yeah. And the 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 cool thing about this was it seems like it doesn't matter whether where you start, you will eventually run into uh, Jackie, but Jackie is not going to be your friend right off the bat. Uh, in fact, I think the the opening start for the street kid is, is that you're going out and you're trying to, to carjack this car and Jackie is trying to ja- carjack the same car. Uh-huh. And he thinks you're the owner so he tries to like pull you out of the car and get the car from you and then the cops <laughs> come and arrest you both and the owner of the car comes out and he's like no i don't i'm not going to spend the time to to testify and do the litigation for these two criminals for trying to jack my car just handcuff them and toss them in the river just get them out of here <laughs> right right and, and the cop is like all right well uh I, I don't know that I can really do that, but we're going to arrest you guys anyway. And because it's a, a street cop, because it's a cop that like lives in the same area, something happens that gets you off the hook. And I don't want to I don't want to say too much, but eventually you're going to get to the point where you and Jackie have kind of been in this this traumatic event together. And because of that, you've kind of bonded. Yeah, right. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. I love that that's the idea. That's how like thieves in, in uh, you know, thieves together, kind of like that, that brotherhood right, where. Right. Respect among thieves. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. I love that. So uh, as you're kind of going along, uh, Jackie is telling you about this guy, Dex, Dexter Deshaun, who is part of a gang. He's a fixer and he needs this biochip, this new type of technology, this chip that could potentially create immortality, which kind of it, it sparks the idea of, of ghost in the shell in my mind when I think about it. And I just absolutely love the concept. Hmm. And I think that is going to be our Johnny Silverhand. I think that's how we, we get to Johnny Silverhand. Um, you think he's in the chip? I, I think he's in the chip. I think that's what happens because we've seen because of the uh, the 2018 video that there are chips that you can insert to the into like the back of your neck. You've got like a little thing that you can inject into your mind right. and, and kind of jack into people. Um, and I think what Dexter Deshaun is sending you out to do is kind of a um, testing you with a thing that he thinks you're not going to be able to complete. I don't think he he's going to believe that you can actually pull this gig off, which is right, why. Right. You're just goes, some street kid. And you're some street punk. Yeah. Go, go try yeah. to do this. And if you do it, awesome. But if you don't, you're not my problem anymore. Yeah, exactly. So right. I, I think that's where we get to the video where you, you end up in the no tell motel, which is where you have that interaction with V who's knocking on the door. The guy come the big, big dude comes out and he looks down the hall and he's like, all right, come on in. And Dexter's there and he's wondering, did you get the chip? And right. he's like, yeah, one minute. So that's when you, you head into the bathroom and stuff and everything just goes haywire in the video after that. And I think that's because they realize the importance of that chip. And I don't think you realize the important as the character until later on when you jack in that chip and realize that Johnny Silverhand is in that chip. And it is right. immortality, but it's Johnny's immortality. And now you were like purposefully linked to him. And it and seems I, in the video, and I'm just going to throw this out there, that Johnny wasn't prepared for that either. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's a surprise to him as well. Yeah. He had some <laughs> he, colorful language. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he, and I'm, I'm going to not make this mature rated. Although the, the whole podcast probably should be mature rated, but he, yeah, he all, all of a sudden he shows up on the screen and he goes F, you know, and you're just like, yeah, uh, the feeling I got from the way that was acted was you didn't expect to be alive or, you know, yeah, you know, appeared in the moment at least. Yeah. So my thought is, is that because um, one of the scenes that we see is Dexter Sean with a gun to your head and then boom, lights go out. And I think the chip is what saves you. And I don't ah. think Dexter expects that because you're alone when you see Johnny Silverhand. But I think the thing is, is that chip saves consciousness and right. it brings you back and it brings Johnny's mind into your mind. And that's how he's going to be your guide throughout the game. That's when they were talking about how he's going to be with you throughout. And he's not going to be physical, but he's always going to be present. Uh, and as, as if you've dug into Silverhand's uh, uh, reputation, what he's done, he's very much of the mindset that he's willing to take down just about anyone that gets in his way. Right, so right. Think, he's going to be a wonderful motivator. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's going to be and, and great that they got Keanu Reeves to do that, because, man, of all the people they could get, he is like the quintessential person to, to be able to do that. Yes. So, yes, um, I'm kind of skipping over some of the things here. But one of the things that I've noticed is that 
the prologue takes you down different paths depending on where you begin and you're going to have some smaller missions on where you have to go like a shipping yard or uh the the lizzie's bar or the afterlife with the afterlife is a restaurant and a bar that you generally spend time with jackie there and uh you're going to be kind of going over some of the different things that you you plan on doing with these different uh quests as you proceed through the prologue um a lot of focus went into lizzie's bar and it's interesting because throughout the video, I could tell that there were different points where you were being pulled along to just get to Lizzie's bar at one point. And that is where you get into brain dancing, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what that was until I had to I had to actually dive into the 20, uh, 2020 board uh, or tabletop game to kind of find out a little bit more about what brain dancing is. Uh, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because it, it takes the idea of analyzing an environment, um, similar to how the Batman, uh, games do and have that quote unquote detective mode. Right. But, but it works so well in this universe because it, it literally pulls all the information around a person who has one of these brain dance, uh, modules in and gives you a chance to dive into that memory and relive it and to be able to extrapolate information so that you can proceed further on down a, a quest line. Uh, so if if you don't know what a brain dance is, basically what it is, is it's a tool or a module that gets implanted in your brain and it can record for a certain amount of time. And it records everything, uh, audio, video, um, everything around you different light frequencies like things that the original person who it was plugged into wouldn't be able to perceive in their own with their own flesh and blood body and originally this was developed as kind of a way to be uh for for entertainment usage it was it was developed in 20 or 2007 in this in this universe and they used it for entertainment as kind of a like a vr experience but a, a way to jack in and then it was a, a later on um applied to to military situations where you could do for training modules and now it's gotten to the point where it has uh kind of moved beyond just those different spectrums and is now something where like an underground black market uses this as like snuff material where uh, people are paying high dollar to see uh, what they call flatliners, which if you're familiar with a heartbeat sensor, when your heartbeat stops, it's a flat line. You get that, that sound. That's where that term comes from. And right. brain dance, brain dance flatliners are especially uh, rare because if, if they are, if they are what they are, then someone died making this. So there's mm-hmm. a big market. And, and you see in this video that they, they released with the episode one that uh, this this uh, MOOC gets conned into uh, hide, or, uh, um, uh, holding up this store for money. And he ends up getting killed at the end of it. And the guy that kills him, you find out in the video, is the guy that set him up to do it. Right. And the Twist. Whole point, yeah. 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 So the whole point was to try and and create this uh, really fantastical kind of reality TV death. And so that he could sell this off. But you end up with this uh, BD and um, Judy at the at the uh, the Lizzie's bar is kind of guiding you through your first 
uh, BD experience where you get to jack in, you get to actually dive into this into this uh, memory and figure out what's going on because you're trying to track something down and I haven't quite worked that bit out of it. But it definitely looks like this is going to be an element that is used frequently in the game to try and uh, understand more and more about the different quests and the different uh, uh, characters that you can either. And, and one of the weird things that I noticed is the characters in uh, BD, you can actually hack. And I don't know how that works, but you can quick hack uh, either different elements, whether it's like a, a an actual video surveillance system to gain access to the cameras in that right. uh in that memory to be able to analyze different areas that aren't visible from just the perspective of the person that you're actually viewing the memory from, but you can actually quick hack people as well too, to possibly gain their information identity. So you can start using that, that information to get into places that you, uh, you may not have access to. I wonder it's, what the in lore explanation for that is. Cause yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that too. And I mean, is it does the brain dance chip somehow absorb enough of the code also does it hack into everything around it that you're able to then process that code yeah it's such an interesting thing because it, it makes me wonder like how do you how do you explain that lore wise like how can you is it through rec uh like like facial recognition or is it through uh because i mean at this point like the the technology is is all still sci-fi so for all we know it could be something similar to nfc chip technology where you can go near a person and gain enough personal information about them to log that down uh just by being near them or this chip might enable something like that so yeah i hope it, i hope there's some sort of real explanation because otherwise it's the equivalent of like you know enhance on csi or something and it's like yes it's like well <laughs> we'll enhance it enhance it more and it's like, that's not really how video works but all right you know like can't, can't make up data that's not how this works <laughs> exactly i mean that, that would be the cyberpunk equivalent of like making up data where it doesn't exist um it's it's funny because I actually did that in the video where they zoomed in on a part of a, of yes. a camera and enhance, and I'm like, oh no, what are you doing? Don't do that. Unless, unless maybe it was just running at a low resolution and increased the resolution when it zoomed in. I mean, that would be a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, it could be. I want to, I want to yeah. believe that they went that far because everything I've heard from the people who got a chance to play it, that the, the, the minor details in this game are what really set it apart from any other experience anyone's ever played before. So mm -hmm. I would hate to think that they, they went that far with like the AI for the characters and then they just kind of overlooked this brain dance thing. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure there's some explanation. There's there's going to be something. There's got to be something. I can't. I, I would feel really bad if they skipped over that. But you're 100 percent right, because it, it is kind of just like um, I can't even think of the the uh, Chekhov's gun where they are. No, no, it's not. I can't think of what the word is. But yeah, where, where essentially they, they do something, but they don't explain it. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of left wondering, like, well, wait, how does that work? Why did you why did you glaze over that? So it kind of has to be we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see how that goes right um, right i also think that um talking about the quality of this i mean so okay so i have a few thoughts here it's mm -hmm. time to interject some thoughts yes. one thought is and i have this theory that the reason why uh prognosticators people who predict the future get away with convincing people that they can actually see the future is because if you make bold predictions and they're wrong everyone forgets it and if you make bold predictions and they're right then all of a sudden you're a genius or you're you know you have pre-sight or whatever right mm -hmm. so so here's my here's my here's my prediction that everyone will forget if i'm wrong but if i'm right 
everyone will be like, he called it. This is the perfect <laughs> game. This is the perfect game and it will be the best game ever. So that's my, that's my prognostication. And if it's not right, you're going to forget. I even made that prediction and life will go on. Second thing, <laughs> second thing, if this is the perfect game, then, the, then this, uh, one of the things I've been dealing with a lot with, um, creating content and talking and, you know, I, I do these other shows. I, I talk about Bethesda games a lot, the elder scrolls and fallout and those kinds of things. And the internet is really upset that they haven't gotten their Skyrim to gosh, darn it. And, that yeah. Bethesda is probably going to take 15 years to put out what is actually the Elder Scrolls six. It's not Skyrim two and is the sequel to this franchise that everybody loves. And there are so many, especially younger people on the internet who are like 15 years. Are you kidding me? That's too long between games. Cause I'm, a, I'm 17 years old and you know, and they have, you know, like that's, I was two when the first one came out then. Yeah. yeah that kind of thing. Um, and this like, Bethesda hate aside because some people genuinely have problems with certain companies and the way that they've treated them. Um, mm -hmm. There is an overwhelming feeling out there right now that taking like seven years to create a game is too long that games should come out, you know, sequels should come out, whatever, every three to four, five years at the most seven games, 10 or seven years, 10 years. That's way too long. And I'm of the mindset that, if you can take seven years and create something that is so good that you're going to play through it multiple times, that you're going to be talking about it five years later, you know, that, then it's worth it. It's worth the seven years development time to make something that is more than what you would expect from a $60 game. That makes oh, sense yeah. to me. That just makes sense. I would rather get a game like what this seems like it's going to be and take seven years than get a game that's half of this in three and a half years. Can I, can I for a moment take off my cyberpunk hat and put on my general gaming hat real quick? Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've gone to. So go ahead. Okay. And we have so matching hats. Good. General, general <laughs> gaming hat on let's, I have to agree with you on a hundred percent because uh, just recently we, we got the, the, the reveal of uh, star Wars squadron. And as much as I love what they showed with that game, it is abundantly clear to me that the, that the team, I think it's motive has very, very little time to actually work on this. They've pulled out what they know from star Wars, uh, uh, battlefield two. Um, mm -hmm. and, right. and they've taken the flying part of that. They've, chunk together a small first player story for it uh for both sides to get you acquainted with the ships but the main meat of that game even at 40 dollars, is going to be the multiplayer and that's the thing that people are are going to really kind of live with for for the duration of that game but that game is kind of like a quick one and done and the the problem that i have with that is is that that game that that looks so good has so much potential to be such an amazing game if they just threw it in the cooker and let those people build out a full story for that a full game and had the multiplayer the thing that i've noticed with cyberpunk is that they have stated that this is this is an rpg and a lot of people are expecting this to be more of like a grand theft auto but it is not going to be a grand theft auto and I fully intend that this game will have multiplayer, but not the multiplayer that people are expecting with like Red Dead Redemption or, or anything that uh, that Rockstar puts out. This is going to be a very special type of multiplayer, and I'm willing to wait for that. But the, the core of this game will 100% be the experiences that you have, because I, I promise that there are going to be people that beat it multiple times 
I don't think anyone is ever going to get to the point where they have explored all of the different options and all of the different dialogue trees and all of the different quests and character choices. I just don't think that that's going to be possible. They're making a game bigger than anyone in a collective group of people will be able to do within the first year, maybe even the first five years. I think it's going to be that big. So, right. And that is you, so that is so intriguing. So even for somebody who just wants to play through it once, because yeah, what that what yeah. that means is you and I play it. And let's say three of our friends, we all we all play it. Right. We all get the game. We all we spend the first hundred hours. We burn through the game. We, we spend a lot of time on side quests and stuff. Every single one of us gets through that game with a completely different story. I love that. And that's amazing love, because you have conversations that. about that. You're like, oh man, you did that when you came across that guy. And then the other, the other guy in your girl in your group, whoever says, wait, who you came across who they do what? And yeah. you're like, you didn't, you didn't see that. And you're like, no, you could go in that building. Yeah. And then this is how I got it. And then the other person says, you wait, you hacked through the front door. I had to go through the sewers to get in. And then you're like, what? You're like, yeah. everybody has a different, you know, and then the, the fourth person in your group is like, I flew onto the top through a helicopter because I was a corporate and I had connections. You're like, what? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> there was a, um, a zeitgeist that, that came up around uh, legend of Zelda breath of the wild. That was exceptional back in 2017. March was an amazing time to be playing games because not only did you have Horizon Zero Dawn, which is still a really amazing game, but there was definitely a zeitgeist around Breath of the Wild because you had so much freedom to do whatever you wanted. You could play the game however you wanted, and people are still playing it to this day. And I see videos on Twitter and stuff where they're just like, yeah, I did this really crazy thing. I don't even understand how you manage that, but people are still playing with the I've climbed every mountain. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It is. It is a really cool game. And I think that's I think cyberpunk has that that potential. And I think that they recognize that and they've spent the last seven years working on this game and that they are are expecting that people are going to be playing this for the next seven years. And if if that's the case, then I am all for it. I don't know how people are OK with uh, quick yearly iterations with different franchises like, man, just give me give me a beautiful story or, or a well thought out game and and build it out till it's completely done and give it to me then i was so i was so disappointed when anthem was released uh because i played the, the beta of it and i was playing it a little bit before we we started talking and the game just you can tell that they didn't have enough time to work on it they weren't given the time that they needed because that game had potential yeah. and i'm so glad that that CD Projekt Red is not owned by publishers, that they can put this out on their own when they want, how they want, and decide when it's ready, because this is going to be the game that I think marks uh, the end of a generation. And I think when we come back... In or the beginning years, of the next. True. This yeah, might be a- foreshadowing what the new bar is and where everyone will be shooting for. So... Can I can I kind of uh, take that and and kind of bring up a thing that I did find out when I was watching all these videos that kind of worried me just a, a little bit about this game? Okay, all right, you're gonna you're gonna um you know break my prediction, but that's cool. Go ahead. Well, that's <laughs> I mean I will I will argue that there is a difference between a work of art versus a technical feat of masterpiece. Uh, right. You you can have a game that is technically amazing, but just a terrible terrible game, um, but executed well, but. 
one of the things that I noticed with a lot of the videos is, uh, and, and it's hard to know because the game's still not fully polished. It's not um, out there. It's not gold. And I will reserve judgment for that. But there were definitely points in the game video that I saw the gameplay that suggested that there are going to be some LOD issues with certain items. Um, there's a scene if you go watch the 4K version of the video where there's three guys approaching you and one of them has a basketball and he chuck, chucks it to you to which you chuck it at a guy's head and then uh, punch another one. and The other guy walks off and the LOD on the basketball is not there as the guys are walking up to you. It looks like a weird kind of mushy ball that just happens to be orange. But it's just as you, the future of basketball. That's where basketballs are evolving <laughs> too, right? Good to know. <laughs> if you look at the history it. of basketball over the last 50 something years, and you can see that ba clearly basketballs have been evolving into the shape. We have eventually made it to where it's it's basketballs are, are weird mushy orange things and volleyballs will turn into Wilson. So mm -hmm. I, yep. I totally totally yep. understand uh so yeah I, I ran into a couple things like that as i was scrubbing through the videos and i i could tell that the controls they were using were uh xbox controls so there's two ideas that i have of this one that the video footage that they took was on a pc uh that was capturing with an xbox controller uh with the ui or it was actually playing on an xbox one x um which at that point it it would lead me to it would lend lend credence that the update that they're going to bring for the Series X and for the PlayStation Five are going to help with those LOD issues and right. really kind of refine just how crystal clear all the textures and bump maps and and specular lighting that come on those with with um, ray tracing really really impact the atmosphere that you're presented so. I'm yeah. hoping that's the mm. case, but I, I will say that I did notice that the that and this was actually talked about in some of the reaction videos that the driving for the game is a little too sensitive and that they need to kind of uh, tune that out. And, and a, according to the people that played it, when they talked to the devs, they said that that was something that they were still working on as well, too. So you can hijack multiple vehicles as well as like motorcycles and cars. You can steal those uh, when you have the right level and you can have your own garage uh, so you can actually mod those as well too but it, it does look like they're still kind of working on some of the driving as far as how it feels but everything from what everyone else said it's it's the the gunplay isn't going to be as tight as uh like destiny or call of duty but that it is serviceable enough to where you're not going to be distracted by it and and they kind of recognize that because a lot of the questions that were coming to people revolved around the idea that um, they were looking at the controls for Witcher and they wondered, you know, how how have they improved their movement and controls since making that game and moving into Cyberpunk? And it feels like a lot of people are pretty happy with where CD Projekt Red has come as far as uh, development for for controls and stuff. Yeah, but, for mechanics, like that, that mechanical yeah. side of, of the thing. And that makes sense, too. You know, they've always been a RPG first studio. Um, when you look at a game like Destiny, uh, you know, heck, the uh, the developers behind Destiny, um, Bungie, uh, Bungie, uh, Bungie are the people who cracked the controller first person shooter code with Halo. Yeah, they're the ones who made it work. They're, they figured out the settings that would make it actually feel OK to use a controller. And so it makes sense that a studio like that or a studio that focuses on Call of Duty is going to first be mechanics. Second, they're going to be world and, and everything else. 
Um, it's flipped for this. This is world first, mechanics second. You can't prioritize everything as being the first priority. Yeah, yeah. And, and just based on the, the breadth of quest lines that they're talking about in the videos, it's, it is really going to be fun to, to dive in and just kind of go down the rabbit hole of these characters and start to really fall in love with them and find out who you like and who you want to uh, spend time with and, and kind of align your objectives with their objectives because you just, for whatever reason, they resonate with you and you're like, yes, that's my vibe. I like that. I'm going with that person because that we're vibing on the same path here and I'm, I'm going to represent them and, and kind of figure out what we got to do to, to, to kind to make them the dominant gang or, or you know dominant corporation what have you so I'm, I'm i can't wait to dive into that man it's gonna be it's gonna be so good in a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta people never stop loving atomic powered everything a chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. So big news, friends, the Robots Radio Network is now sponsored by Loot Crate. This means that you will get 15% off on your purchase of a crate or a crate subscription at LootCrate.com. Now, all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes. It'll take you to LootCrate.com. And when you purchase something, you can put in the code RobotsRadio, R-O-B-O-T-S-R-A-D-I-O. And when you do that, you get 15% off your purchase. Now, this is awesome because they have Fallout crates, they have video game crates, they have superheroes, you get t-shirts and figures and art to put on your walls. This is actually where I got the Brotherhood of Steel flag that I have behind me in some of my videos. Very, very cool stuff. I'm super excited about it. And if you have somebody who's already buying you loot crates for your birthdays or, or whatever, give them the code. They can use it if you want to use this for somebody else's gifts or if you just want to get yourself one or two boxes, you can use the code for yourself. Again, just click the link in the show notes and type in the code robots radio, R-O-B-O-T-S-R-A-D-I-O. You just put that in the box at checkout. 
Super cool stuff. I hope you guys check it out. And any purchases you make help to support the shows on the network. So whether it's my shows or someone else's shows, click the link in the show notes for your favorite show. Give them some support and get yourself some awesome loot. Some of the other things that I wanted to dive into, if you don't mind. Sure, go for uh, it. The I got, I got a chance to peek at the character sheet that you're going to have. So every game is going to have a pause menu and every pause menu is going to offer you all of the different stuff that you need to do for an RPG. So they have different things as far as uh, showing you like your your uh, gear, which will impact your uh, reputation with different gear, gear or with different um Gangs, gangs yeah. yeah, as well as uh, giving you stat boosts and stuff like that. So you'll have your gear. But one of the things that I noticed is that it, in the RPG aspect, you're going to have per points and a- attribute points. And you'll have five different um, uh, uh, sets for each of the different or five different attributes for each of the six different areas that you can kind of enhance. So you've got reflexes, intelligence, body technical and cool yeah uh, cool yeah that's so, like stealth and stuff like that it's really awesome so with reflexes uh that deals a lot with your handgun use your rifles and your blades which i can't wait to get blades because that just sounds awesome you're gonna be in a close um, murder murder I machine know. i you know, know. The, the other thing that came out about this is that you can actually get through the whole game it seems without killing anyone Really? See, I hadn't heard that. That's crazy. I mean, it, I, I who knows? I mean, a lot of this stuff is rumor, right? But yeah, I mean, it's it's based on you know the person who heard it from so and so who repeated it from so and so. I don't know the original source. I can't cite you the reviewer that said it. But it was one of the things I read and just kind of digging into this stuff a little bit is that you could you can do a pacifist playthrough. You know what? That that rumor sounds legit. I'm going to back that 100 percent and you can quote me on that. <laughs> OK, yeah. The idea is that like if you go Netrunner build and yeah. and it, they've made it very clear that like you come across some hulking brute as a Netrunner, chances are you're not going to take a punch and shoot them down. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not what Netrunners do. You're going to find a way to, you know, hack them or hack the room and turn the you know room against them or or the guy mm-hmm. next to you is, you know, you're going to they're the or the robo dog or whatever. You're going to you're going to have to use your brain to get out of that situation, not your brain. What? I know, oh, right? I know I like a that. real RPG, right? Like if you're playing a tabletop RPG <laughs> and you're Netrunner, that's exactly what you would do. You're not just going to shoot everything. You're going to have to like use the, your skills and your abilities the way that you would if you were that character. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I love the idea. And one of the things that I've noticed uh, as I was kind of reading through the screen, so reflexes or reflexes has the handguns, rifles, and blades. So if you wanted to go with an assassination build, you would probably move towards blades. Uh, there's body, which has shotguns, two-handed melee and athletics. So if you want to be uh, a stealthy killer with your blades, you're going to have to invest in reflexes and in body to be able to get blades and athletics and melee kind of boosted up. But mm-hmm. that's that's not even just that. You've also got cool, which deals with sniper rifles, nerve and assassination. So if you really want to be that stealthy killer, that, that Assassin's Creed kind of player, then you're going to have to invest points into reflexes, body and cool just to be able to give you the options to be that stealthy killer with the athleticism that you need to pull off those really cool assassination moves. Right. And and the lesson from all of this is it's not cool unless you're also in shape. It's true. Exercise <laughs> is important. 
<laughs> it's very true. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> can't sure. be cool and not in shape. Sorry. This, this is what the game tells us. You're not allowed. It's true. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Take so care you of yourself. Get, you can get blades and then. <laughs> and you can murder fools. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and you've got, uh, two other things, which is intelligence and, and technical. So intelligence is where you're going to invest points into. If you want to do the hacking, if you want to do the net running, which obviously makes sense, the more knowledgeable you are, the, the deeper you can dive into hacking different people and, and either converting them so that they actually fight for you. Or I saw one where, uh, a net runner actually hacked into a, a guard and then caused a part of his body to overheat, causing it to catch fire and it distracted him and he took damage and you could actually take him down quicker uh with a handgun because he was partially damaged and on fire it was crazy yeah um, i want to i want to play a build where you can just hack people and disable their legs <laughs> <laughs> and then you can be like bye <laughs> and then you just leave and they can they're like ah, ah. i hope that's a thing <laughs> Oh man, that reminds me of all the great scenes in any zombie movie where the the zombie has the legs blown off and and they're just laying there and they're like right and they can't they're just like inching towards you and you're just like all right oh man cute that's side note side note uh, why is it zombies in zombie movies still have their pants on I don't know but I'm kind of okay with it because I don't know that I want to see what's underneath them right but like if you waste away the first thing that's going to happen is your pants are going to fall off. Cause you won't have any flesh there to keep your pants up. It doesn't make any sense. The walking dead makes no sense. So what you're saying is, is really to, to keep pants on zombies. We all have to move to a, a, a fashion style where overalls are going to save us. From- yeah. Suspenders and overalls. Yes. Because if, if a zombie outbreak happens, then zombies everywhere will be Donald duck in it around with pants around their ankles. Oh my gosh. I, that's, that's I, reality imagine imagine if you just lost like 30 pounds your pants aren't gonna stay up i can't believe you just even if you have even if you have a belt i mean are are they all just cinching their belts so tight that it's like right around their hip bones is that what's going on maybe it's caught on their hips maybe it's just like there's maybe maybe but you would think with enough shambling around that those things would eventually (laughs) fall off i mean come on you just they'd all just have shirts and they'd all be donald duck yeah you're not wrong that's anyway anyway i want to do that i want to hack into people <laughs> make their pants fall down <laughs> and then run away that's going to be oh, my netrunner build that's that's great if you do that i will i will 100 support that i'm i'm in favor of finding out if this is possible because i'm gonna have to do a series of youtube videos is it possible to, <laughs> just to see, <laughs> see if i can make it happen and so what if zombies were in real life would they have pants that's a good video i like it yeah yeah um, i should get a bunch of friends to put them in zombie outfits except no pants and then blur <laughs> and like blur their crotches and be like this is what zombies would actually look like and they'd all be trying to run after you with pants around their ankles i can already i can already see the mockumentary of people being like well unfortunately it looks like jim down the street has turned into a zombie and is walking by with no pants hi jim good to see you again thanks for not <laughs> breaking into my house and eating my brains put some mm-hmm. pants on buddy put some pants on buddy and also good job with the trimming down there you know like <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway back i don't remember where we were oh we were hacking people instead of beating them up and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that that's going to be really awesome to kind of find out a little bit more. And, and it looks like they're encouraging you to uh, move into 
it looks like you could do one of two. So you could either go into intelligence and, and dive into hacking. And then there's the the technical, which is the engineering, which I'm, I'm really curious about the engineering because I know you talked uh, a couple episodes ago at this point about um, being able to uh, uh, kind of fix your own or craft your own uh, weapons or materials and stuff. And I, I really am curious to know how deep engineering can go. Mm -hmm. And if you actually modify your own weapons, because one of the, the main drives that seems to keep coming back up with uh, with Cyberpunk is the Ripper Dock and the Ripper Doctors giving you the functionality to uh, augment your body. And I'm curious to know, like, if you have a high enough engineering, if you're going to be able to augment the augments that you get from Ripper Docs, and if you're going to be able to, like, craft out plans and, and figure out new pathways uh, for, for the tech that you can put on your body uh, with right. Ripper Docs. Right. Or, you know, you know, it could be another way they do it. And I, and I don't have any insight. Like you're saying, I don't have any insight into this either. Um, but another way they could do it is the Ripper. You need the Ripper Doc to install it initially. Because, for mm -hmm. example, if you're getting a modification on your arm, you don't have access to both hands to modify that one arm, right? You're getting a modification on your eyes. You can't see yourself to modify, to, to implant it initially. But once those things are implanted, maybe you can upgrade them on your own. That's, I like that idea. I hadn't thought about that. That I can imagine that being a really hard thing to do. Right. It's a similar yeah. problem to, you know, like having arms makes it uncomfortable to sleep. But if you could take your arms off, you would never be able to put them back on. That's true. <laughs> I have I have all of the deepest insights. These are the kinds of things I don't usually get to discuss on the show because I'm only by myself. I can't believe I just thought about that. But yeah, I mean, you would have to like roll onto an arm to try. I, I, we, we, we don't have to get into it, but that's. Yeah, but that's, this, uh, I mean, in a world like cyberpunk, this might be an issue. Like if you have two like, yeah. you know, cyber arms and yeah. it's actually more comfortable to sleep without them because now your shoulders and your arms aren't in the way. You don't like lay on an arm and it goes, falls asleep on you. Right. So you just like, like you, you shrug, shrug up against like a thing on the wall. Right. And it like detaches them and it like hangs yeah. on the wall for you. Then you, you get up and like, you just have to like position yourself back into your shoulder slot. You know, so maybe it's horrible. magnetic and it just kind of goes and like clicks back in or something. Yeah, it would, it would be really horrible if one of your pet dogs just grabbed it and ran off with it. And now you're like trying to find out where one of your arms are. Right. Right. Um, ah, he stole my arm again. Ah, you run around with only one arm, you know, like come back here. Yeah. And the yeah. dog thinks it's hilarious. Like oh, We're playing, you know. Yeah. I know what I wanted to to bring up next, and I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, what do you think of Adam Smasher? Adam Smasher. He. Uh, well, he looks very intimidating. I made yeah. a note and I haven't had the time to do it yet to um, uh, dive in as much as I can to see if mm -hmm. there's, you know, a lore background on him because I'm not familiar with it. But then again, you know, I, and I've stated this on the show before, I, I believe I'm I'm not the most knowledgeable about the world of cyberpunk. This is something that I'm into and it's something that I'm very interested in learning more and more about and continuing to research more about. But I yeah. don't already have all the answers for all of this stuff. And I haven't, you know, like I'm. I'm not the lore master. I'm the lore seeker when it comes to this stuff. So, yeah. um, so I don't know if anybody else back that, you know, listening has any more background on Adam Smasher specifically. I would love to hear some more stuff, but yeah, that, uh, he's on my list of things to look into, or at least, I mean, clearly he's gone full Borg, right? We've got yeah full cyborg totally. thing going here. We've got, you know, like huge frame, big dude, clearly, is you know built to take out anything um 
uh, maybe yeah. a boss character you end up having to fight against at some point. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's some sort of, uh, I don't know, key character you have to deal with in order to move to a certain phase of the game. Yeah, I don't know. So- it's it's interesting to see him in the game because he is from the the tabletop uh rpg he is um kind of a contract for hire for arasaka which is interesting if you if you take the corpo route because i wonder if maybe you run into him pretty early on which is kind of suggested in some of the video that they released of this but he's considered a solo which makes sense giving given his build but as far as we can know he's one of the few that have gone full cyborg like maelstrom's pretty close in their gang they they go pretty far with the augmentation but essentially adam smasher is a straight up cyborg which is a, a crazy crazy thought and the thing that i'm i'm interested to find out is um he is tied to arasaka because of uh morgan blackhand and mm-hmm. i'm i'm curious to know like how deep uh the game is going to go in to um the ta- the tabletop part of it because blackhand is is one of those uh kind of the people that i would i would basically say is going to be the the big bad of the game because he was a member of johnny silverhand's samurai band right and i'm I'm wondering if he is kind of like the apex predator for us in this game well it it creates a an interesting dynamic story-wise to have um johnny you know plugged into your into your head and having um you know unfinished business with an old band Mm -hmm. Makes mm-hmm. it kind of personal in a way that yeah. allows to, it allows you to be pulled into that personal story, even though you weren't part of it originally. So, uh, from a narration standpoint, that that makes sense. From like a storyline standpoint, yeah, it's yeah. it's essentially like you you are Luke Skywalker and you're getting pulled into this bigger story of the Star War. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to how Adam Smasher plays into this, and they did a great job of kind of realizing this this big solo type to to kind of give you this idea it's like you're gonna have to fight him one day and he's not gonna be a pushover so prepare yourself (laughs) because you you've kind of seen the face of your enemy and you have to you have to you're gonna have to come across him at some point and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a fun fight that's well it might be a fun fight but it might not be an easy fight i should say yeah yeah the one thing that I wanted to ask you uh, in regards to this, though, is because he is so closely aligned to Arasaka, Arasaka seems like they're the company that is being posed as the main antagonist for the game. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this uh, to, to find out, like, how do you feel um, if you were to take, say, the the corpo route mm-hmm. and you're working for another corporation? Like, how how do you feel as far as this just being like, two corporations kind of butting heads for territory uh versus like if if it were more of like a um kind of low like a street kid perspective where it's like oh yeah i can i can see why i would want to take down corpos and stuff but with this being like corpo versus corpo does that does that resonate with you and and how you would want to play your play the game through through one of the different trials yeah here's my guess my guess is if you start as a corpo. So you start as, you know, corporate at Arasaka, you go through the big intro storyline. At some point you probably get disenfranchised with that. Um, mm. And maybe you use corporate connections to leverage, you know, making new connections with another corporation or gangs or whatever in order to then get back at Arasaka. 
possibly. But my guess is that this is a much more personal story. The reason you will, will be going after Arasaka is due to personal reasons. It's due to connections to Johnny Silverhand. It's due to um, things yeah. that were unresolved from 2020. You know, like th- that's I think that's where the storyline's going to go, because it makes more sense um, if you're and it's a role playing game in a role playing game. You the power of role playing games is that you feel like you have some some control over your destiny in that world um, to simply be a doer for a faceless organization seems counter to that. So that's my mm. that's my estimation on that, which is why you have, you know, the reemergence of somebody like you know, Adam Smasher or Morgan Blackhand or Johnny Silverhand. Like you have these personalities coming back that can draw us in on a personal level. Um, And specific things that are going to happen to your character that continue to make it personal, you know? And it seems like what you were saying with the way the, uh, the, the prologue starts that things really do start up. I mean, if you get shot in the head right in the beginning because of this (laughs) chip that's connected to Arasaka and these other people, then yeah, that becomes personal real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'm, Oh man, it just, it gets me even more excited and I, I, I didn't, I can't wait for this game to come out. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing just how you can actually play through this. Cause the, the corporate route seems like the, the route that would be the easiest to me, uh, just trying to get access to stuff wise, but, but maybe, but maybe, maybe you're a known quantity. That's what true. if, like if you're if you're some nomad who's never been in the city, nobody knows who you are. If you're yeah. a street urchin, right, then nobody knows who you are. If you are a corporate entity that's risen to some prominence in Arasaka and you show back up in a room somewhere trying to steal something and someone recognizes you, like <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> you know, like huh. Oh man, yeah. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, that makes it kind of tough. <laughs> and, and you know, like uh, one of the things I, I read was that somebody noted that like one of the quest lines has like seven different ways it can end. And there's all sorts of different dialogue options. So for them to work that in there is completely possible. You know, one of the dialogue options could could completely be this dialogue path that goes down the, hey, don't I know you route, you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden you have to justify like. You know, wait, uh, didn't, didn't you die or, you know, or you come across an old boss who is kind of behind you getting, you know, off or whatever. And yeah. all of a sudden that's a really uncomfortable conversation, you know, and you're now you're personally motivated to deal with it. Ooh. So that's a that's, really good point. I hadn't considered it. And I, I actually kind of like the idea of having to talk your way through stuff because you are a known quantity. I hadn't considered that. I like that. Oh, yeah, it, it, it could be it could be a thing. I feel like in the world of cyberpunk, you're either I mean, it, it is one or the other. You are either a handful of known quantities because the world has lots of people in it. It's a very mm-hmm. crowded place. It, almost everybody appears to be anonymous, except for like the small groups that they run with. Right. It is just an overcrowded futuristic city situation. Yeah. But if you are a known quantity, then everybody knows you. It's like yeah. one or the other. Makes sense. Yeah, there's not really a good in between because most of those people are going about their daily lives and not trying to get their hands dirty. Right. You're either you either keep your head down and you do what you're doing or, you know, like you are you've appeared, you know, across, you know, the net, you're on, you know, TVs or whatever, you know, communication relays, whatever, whatever they're called at this point in the future. And, you know, you're, you're being highlighted or you're, you know, you're one of the voices of a corporation. So you're showing up during, you know, status meetings and, you know, new product launches and and those kinds of things. And 
totally. people know who you are. And, you know, either, and, and that seems to be the way of it, right? Like that's your, that's your rise to power as a corporate is to leverage your personality. It's to leverage your ownership, your, your accomplishments. So if you aren't making yourself known as a corporate, then you're just one of the, you know, the white collar workers in the back. You're not really mm-hmm. rising to any prominence. So you have to be putting yourself out there. So I don't know, just some speculation on that. It's true. I, I love it. I think it's, I think you're a hundred percent on it. It makes total sense to me. And I, I don't know. Uh, the, the only thing I can think of that people might want to know about was they did announce the edge runners anime, which, um, I don't know how big into anime you are. Are you pretty, pretty deep in, uh, anime? you know, there's some anime that I've enjoyed over the years, but most of it, um, <laughs> from just a personal standpoint here's here. Okay. Here's my, here's my rundown of anime. Um, the concepts are really awesome, right? Like, uh-huh. like you take something like attack on Titan, like giant Titan things. Where did they come from? Why are they attacking us? We can fly through the air using these strappy things like Spider-Man and still fight them like samurai, you know, like that's really cool. Uh, the flip side is most of the episode is this person having an emotional dilemma about if they need to go to war or not. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> just get to the cool stuff please just like 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 the, the one line of dialogue of like uh, i don't know if i need to do this right now because i'm having emotional angst was enough you don't need to go on for five minutes about that you know like that's that's <laughs> I, my take on anime okay um so i i have not kept up with anime the way i used to when i was uh like getting it bootleg in the 90s when we just right. didn't have access to it um so for me, I have only dived in or I've only dove into a couple animes since then. And Kill a Kill was one of the few that uh, one of my buddies told me that I had to watch because of how funny it was. And I did some research and found out that the studio that's doing it is called Trigger. And when I dove into some of the other studio or some of the other work that they've done, I realized that this, this is a high quality studio. They really do a good job making some animes out there. And they're the ones that are going to be in control of cyberpunk edge runners and the thing that i like about this is from everything i've seen this is going to be canon so when this series is released on netflix in 2022 it is going to be something that falls in line with the same story in the same universe in the same world with uh hopefully some of the characters from the game and from the tabletop series uh kind of giving a different story uh which kind of takes me back to uh, like the, the, the matrix, uh, animate, anim, oh wait, what was it called? The animatrix. Yeah. Animatrix. Yeah. yeah. I kept wanting to say animaniacs. Um, <laughs> totally, totally different things. So, oh, ball, the pulty, pulty, pulty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so with, uh, with, with the animatrix, it was same universe, different stories. And it was really cool to see different, uh, takes on what, what it meant to be in the matrix for uh, different types of characters and how different ships were operating in the matrix and stuff and how they, they kind of went about their lives even around the story of Neo and the Nebuchadnezzar with uh, the, the edge runners anime. I have a feeling that it's going to be very akin to how the animatrix is to the matrix film. So cyberpunk 2077 will be the matrix and the edge runners will revolve around in the same universe. um, Hopefully weaving into, some of the same characters that we'll be running into in the actual game. That's my hope. The question yeah. I have with this is 
This is something that is releasing in 2022. It looks like it's going to be 2D animated, which takes a long time to be able to produce. So I can imagine that they've probably been in talks with this for a couple of years already and that they're working on it and that they were ready to announce it because they know that the game release is going to be shortly before or, you know, a couple of years before the actual anime. So what I want to know is what is going to keep Cyberpunk relative in the year 2022 that will coincide with the Edge Runners anime? Or right. will it be right. similar to the Witcher series on Netflix that reinvigorates the cyberpunk game the way it did for uh, the the Witcher game? Yeah. OK, so I've got some thoughts on this one. Yeah. I'm glad, you know, I, I like a really good anime that's more action and interesting setting than emotional story, as I've as I've said. Um, mm-hmm. My other take on it. And so I'm not against anime. I just there's only certain ones that really appeal to me right. um, from that perspective and also the perspective that so much of the cyberpunk world is influenced by japanese culture mm-hmm. i like that we're getting japanese culture perspective on the universe from a japanese creator i think yeah. that's really cool i like that uh that seems to have a lot of potential also um by making the the japanese centric parts of this world even more authentic I think that's the right way to do that is to bring people who are actually, you know, Japanese and and have them relate their perspectives on, say, a, you know, a corporation like Arasaka or the, the Yakuza or, or whoever. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. The the question about keeping it relevant a few years from now, uh, we do know, I believe that there will be expansions on this game. Right. That's true. Yeah. That there will be at least as many expansions as came out for The Witcher 3, I think, was the phrase that I've. If I, I think you're right correctly. on that. Yeah. Um, at least, so at least as much content. Yes. Yeah. It was something like that. Um, so two years from now would make a lot of sense for the first or second, you know, expansion to come out. Plus they will be rolling out some sort of multiplayer. So multiplayer in, you know, in games like this are what continue the lifespan of the games uh, indefinitely. Plus we also have a game that seems to be huge and it's going to take people a lot of time to get through even just the first playthrough. So there's going to be a little bit of that still happening as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a continued rolling out of more content. That's, that's true. I hadn't honestly considered, uh, the fact that the, the, cause I know that there's at least two DLC packs that I know that they talked about. So I know that, uh, one of them is already like if you, so I purchased the cyberpunk 2077 Xbox one X, uh, limited edition. And I know that, that they did say that the first DLC is included with that purchase. So I know there's at least one. So they're planning on a second one. I'm hoping that they're for sure doing a third one, uh, which I, I could imagine if they're still tweaking the main game that it's going to take at least a couple of years to get the the first and second out. So maybe the third one will introduce a new type of character that you can play through in, in one of the games or, or a new storyline that takes you alongside the edge runners in yeah. the anime. Yeah. This also um, solves the problem of, you know, like the seven year game cycle, because true. if, if they do decide if let's say the first two expansions work out really well, they can, you know, this technology is built out for the next generation of consoles. They have a foundation that they could build more stories and more characters or continuations around without having to do a full-fledged sequel. Ooh. 
because they have a world that's so integrated. They have, they can add more, you know, implants, they can add more weapons, they can add more characters. They could bring in, you know, more details about, you know, Militech or some other corporation that has some nefarious thing going on or some gang that's rising to prominence or, you know, like there's so much they could do to continue these stories. So now I'm wondering, do they make this like a live game? Do they make the multiplayer like a live game and they keep working on that or do do they do this? And then what's next? Like, do they move on to another another franchise or another game or, you know, it it makes me wonder because they've they're already planning out more content than I've seen them do for other stuff like. uh, Well, the size of their the size of their company is huge now. Um, You know, hundreds of people are working on these games and. And here I am just digging into my memory again. And this is this is the problem I have with doing a podcast by myself is that I can completely prepare before I record anything. So I come across like super polished, but like I'm thinking on the spot. Right. So I'm like, Adam Smasher, what do I know about Adam Smasher? What do I know about the Witcher series? Fourth, you know, like. We're, we're fans. We're not, we're not experts. Uh, we're not experts. On, on this situation. Right. Right. But, but I do believe if I'm digging correctly into my brain that there has been some confirmation about the Witcher series not being done, that they have either confirmed that they are definitely considering a fourth one or that they've already begun work on it or something like that. There was, uh, you know, don't quote me on it. Something like, one of the developers somewhere said the question was like, are you ever going to get back to the Witcher? And they said something like, oh, yes, we love the Witcher. We're definitely going to get back there at some point. It was something as vague as that, probably. Um, but it makes sense. It makes sense. It's such a good series. They've got a yeah. TV show now. Like they're not going to give it up. They have rights to it. And and CD Projekt Red is like the largest corporation in the country <laughs> that they're in. You know, sure, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they bring in like half the GDP of the entire country. I don't know if it's that much, but like it's, you know, like they're having success. You, you don't just you're a, you're a company that's built to make a really cool product and also make a profit. You're going to continue to make a profit. Like that seems like a brainless thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I am really curious to see if because uh, I know with with Cyberpunk 2020, we we there was an expansion for it. Um, I think it was called Firestorm. I, I can't remember. Oh, um, I can't remember what the expansion. Uh, was. I have so but, many. So I have so just a little background, just to, so people understand where I'm coming from. Um, I my background is mostly in games and then Dungeons and Dragons. And then once I learned about Cyberpunk, I got interested in Cyberpunk. And then one of my friends from work has all of the cyberpunk material that's ever been put out like he's 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 the super fan he's the guy i need to get on the show and originally i thought about trying to get him as a regular uh co-host on the show but he's busy with other stuff he's a smart guy so i have access to all those all the materials so i've been digging through the materials coming up with topics for episodes trying to find a way to you know bring people in through like the character clashes you know like a 101 and then i'm going to get into a 102 you know Mm -hmm. uh, one of the next things on the list was arasaka so i was going to get into arasaka you know eventually talk about adam smasher like you know the the background behind arasaka how it started all of these kinds of things so i've got this kind of roadmap planned out but i haven't gotten through all that content yet on my own so that's that's where i'm at personally there's a lot there um so so yeah so when you're like it was the expansion of this thing and i'm like in my brain i'm looking over like dozens of documents uh you know and i'm going uh which one was that again so i'll have to look that back up (laughs) yeah yeah there's there's a a ton of content but yeah i can imagine that it similar to the way that that 2020 got expansion books for it i can imagine that they could easily pull 
2077 and do similar things where they add an expansion to it that opens up a new area or an, an entire new quest line in the same area and they have room to expand they've got the the badlands they could totally build out some more content from there and have it connect up to the underground of night city so now you're doing like runs from inside night city to out in the nomads and and kind of getting them stuff and there's so much potential with this that i i could definitely see them pushing this this franchise beyond 2022 uh now that now that i kind of sit down and think about it for a second so yeah yeah totally yeah and well and and our talsorian is completely hand in hand working with cd project red on this stuff as well you've got yes. uh, you got you know cyberpunk red coming out i wouldn't be surprised if every year they have some sort of crossover expansion for the tabletop stuff that references things that happen in the games um what better way to draw more people into your tabletop rpg than through a smash hit video game that hits millions and millions of people and gets the like mass attention right you're you're going to leverage that you're going to be using you know the the popularity of video games to bring people back to tabletop rpgs you know it it just makes sense i I can see i can see so much potential for future content yeah yeah i hope i hope that they do kind of revitalize this because it, it's it's become really popular uh especially for streaming just like people doing dnd runs and stuff and having campaigns and to be able to bring more cyberpunk into that uh through through cyberpunk 2077 i could definitely see that being a real boon to tabletop players yeah totally them. totally um also can you imagine what uh something like i don't know uh some just name a big D podcast critical role uh yeah. magic magic tavern you know the adventure zone something like that you you have one of those be a critical hit and then all of a sudden it's critical hit <laughs> all of a sudden you know that's another huge boon for both you know both the video game yeah. and the tabletop it's just like all of this stuff works cross promotion wise to yeah. just bolster the you know the whole ip it's true. True. Rising tide raises all ships. Yep. Yep. By the way, um, you know, uh, Artel Sarian or CD Project Red, if you want to talk about getting some people together to do a uh, very popular, uh, you know, cyberpunk uh, game, just let me know. <laughs> um, <Fair>. Anyway. <clears throat> so uh, any that? other that was strange, that was, that was strange. There was a voice Weird. that came in here and talked about yeah. directly as if it broke the th- third wall um anything else you want to bring up before we wrap up the episode is there anything else that you're really really excited about not really uh just that i hope fans are looking forward to the fact that um the 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 game's going to be available for playstation xbox and pc and the playstation xbox are going to getting the free upgrade in the future with the new series so yes uh, so go pick it up just go get it you're gonna you're gonna play it you're gonna get the new consoles at some point anyway you're gonna play it some more yeah you just go do it Yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I'm going to note probably more of this stuff as we get more revealed on future, uh, you know, updates, future uh, Night City Wire stuff that's coming out. Um, If you're interested in again, if you're interested in that whole big, long list of all the things that we've heard about, then go to the Robots Radio YouTube channel. You can see I've got a video up right there that just kind of goes through all of the bullet points and just kind of lists them all out and says, 
here's all the things that we know so far. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more stuff that's revealed that isn't in that video, but that's a good place to start if you want just kind of a quick synopsis on all that. And um, to to wrap this up, how can people get a hold of you? I'm sure they'll want to chat with you some more about this stuff as things continue to develop. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can always reach me at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. But uh, honestly, just tag me on the Robots Radio Discord because that's where I spend a lot of time talking about cyberpunk. Uh, if you want to find out more about Sea of Thieves and the content that I do there, just search for Keel Hall, the podcast or Sea of Thieves podcast, and you'll see uh, the mine uh, up there. It's the, the only running Sea of Thieves podcast. Uh, I was going to say the best one, but I mean, I I guess we could be a little bit more accurate and say the only continuing to run one. Best by default. <laughs> Best by default one. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one that's doing it, so I'm I'm the only one that that gets to claim that. But yeah, I I love Sea of Thieves. It's my favorite game. I, I love playing that. And until Cyberpunk comes out, that's where I spend a lot of my time. Um, but I definitely want to make sure that if you guys uh, have any questions or interest in it, just feel free to message me. You can hit me up on the Robots Radio Discord. Uh, you can DM me on Twitter or in Discord as well too, uh, or just search the podcast i've got socials uh available on all the show notes for my for keelhauled podcast and yeah that's that's pretty much it thank you so much for for having me this has been uh something that i've been hoping would would happen in the future for for quite a long time since i started <laughs> oh. at you yeah well dream dreams come true and yeah you're right um you're, you're actually you've done an awesome job continuing to post stuff there's a cyberpunk lorecast uh, channel on the robots radio discord as well so you'll see you'll see actually he's better at posting things on there than i am because i'm so busy with like you know seven podcasts and the network and all that stuff uh, <laughs> so i appreciate it i appreciate when like yeah, to be honest i'm just not that good at like being social <laughs> but um yeah so you jump in there you'll see you'll see a bunch of cool stuff posted and we'd love to chat with you guys um yeah that's part of the reason why in fact that's kind of the main reason i started the the shows and it's one of the things i noted early on was that uh, i just didn't have enough people that i enjoy playing games with and nerding out about this stuff so it's really cool to see a community that's been growing now for a year and a half and we're at like almost 900 people on the discord and everybody's nerding out about these games together which is you know, kind of a dream come true. It's awesome. It's awesome to have everybody, yeah. you know, in there talking about all the stuff that we love together when my coworkers look at me with cross eyes and don't understand <laughs> what I'm talking about. What's this little figure on your desk? This guy's cute. That thing can stare, tear your soul out. A, oh, okay. Pokemon. Looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> is that a Pokemon? Why is that ugly thing there? <laughs> is that a dragon? Yeah, that's that's the kind of comments I get. So um, you guys know how to go to get a hold of me. Thanks for tuning in for this extra special episode. Um, Why don't we do this again when like the next few weeks when we've got some more info and we can kind of cover some new stuff. That sound good. Definitely. All right. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. Everything's in the show notes. You'll know where to where to find it. And until next time, uh, stay safe in Night City, everybody. And don't, you know, run into Adam Smasher in the dark in a, you know, hallway somewhere. Hallway? He's a nice guy. He's, he's a, nice a guy. he's he's kind of gruff, but he's really just a big teddy bear when it comes down to it. All right, guys. <laughs> Talk to you next time. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network. Smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. 
Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue, and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.